On this episode of the Fellowship Podcast by CMF International, I continue my conversation with Julie Jones, the Director of Missionary Care and Development on the Enneagram, and on this episode on Knowing Your Team. We'll talk some about subtypes, wings, and about the triads of the heart, head, and body. This is an opportunity for us to learn more about ourselves and about the ways that we can better know our teammates. I'm your host, Jake Moore. Welcome to The Fellowship. Hello and welcome to the Fellowship Podcast by CMF International. I'm your host, Jake Moore, and I am joined on this episode by my friend, the Director of Missionary Care and Development, Julie Duvall-Jones. Hello again, Julie. Hey, Jake. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. I'm I'm glad we can record this second part of our discussion on the Enneagram. We did one part before, and listeners, if you didn't happen to listen to that for some random reason, you need to go back and listen to part one of our discussion on the Enneagram and knowing yourself. And so our whole focus with that episode was trying to get our missionaries particularly to get to know a little bit more about themselves, who they are and uh, who they are and light of their personality and this whole thing of the Enneagram. Today, though, we're going to shift gears here in a little bit to knowing your team and how to navigate the world of team dynamics uh, based off of the Enneagram, the Enneagram types. But before we jump into that, uh, a couple things that were brought up in our last discussion that we just didn't have time to get around to, uh, I thought would be good for us to delve into a little bit uh, right now. So, the first is we threw out, I threw out a random question. Um, and I think it leads into another idea that you did want to touch on, but it was the random question of can sixes sometimes be confused for twos or vice versa? Can a two be confused for being a six? Um, and I think that highlights that question highlights that there can be a lot of confusion around personality types. Um, so could you could you shed some light on that and maybe even this importance of a phrase that you threw out there in the last uh, episode on wings? And may, I think those those things kind of work together. But could you help us know a little bit more about that? Yeah, I did want to say that what we did uh, in the last episode was to really just have a thumbnail sketch of kind of a quick overview of what the Enneagram is. But actually, there are other factors that play into that. Um, So when you're saying can a six test as a two, there are lots of numbers that also test as different numbers. And that has a lot to do with your instinctual instinctual subtype. So Mm -hmm. within each number... Um, we have a way of relating to the world, and that is either being self-preservation, which is kind of a me first, I take care of myself first way of relating to the world. Um, the other is social, okay. which is kind of a I am because we are. The person's energy is existed is is directed towards the group and taking care of the group. And then you have um, self-preservation. I already said self-preservation. Um, one-to-one subtype, which mm-hmm. other people also call sexual or intimate, but it really means mm-hmm. they're looking for one person to really connect with and go deep with, kind of about, um, you know, you're the other half of me way of relating. So within each number, mm-hmm. there is that instinctual subtype. So I'm actually a social seven, which often okay. mistypes as a two, and we don't have time to go through all 27 numbers. Sure. Okay. 
but they can mistype depending on your instinctual variant or subtype mm -hmm. um, within each number. And that's something you'll just need to look up on your own if it interests you. Sure. Um, and that would be in the materials that we, that would be in the materials that we mentioned in the last episode, like with Ian Cron and his absolutely. maybe the typology podcast or some of his, those books. Absolutely. And if anyone's really interested in taking this tool farther and deeper and learning more and seeing how that they, they really can learn more about themselves, I'd be very happy to have a conversation with them and help them direct them to some resources that are tailored just for their type. And, okay. So um, run, you also run, mentioned wing. Oh, okay. go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, we've got a little bit of a delay. Wing. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Um, we also mentioned wings, and wings are just the numbers on either side of yours. So as a three, your wing could be a four or it could be a two. You could have equal four and two wings, or you could have neither one. It just is your, your wings are your behavior. So your number is your motivation, but your wings are your behavior. So you may behave a little more like a four at some times or behave a little more like a two at other times. And you can choose to lean into either one of those wings. So that's what people are talking about when they wing, say uh, wings. So a one can't have a seven wing. Okay. A one has a nine or a two wing. Um, but yeah, that, and then that sheds some light on, on the, my question, I guess, in some ways, because a one can't be a seven. So that that's, if you hear somebody throw that around or I'm a one that just likes to have a good time, that's because I'm a seven that two, that's my wing. That's not correct. Enneagram nomenclature or understanding of the types. No, it doesn't work that way. Your wing is just the number on one side or the other. And some people have neither wing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the subtypes though, that's different than the wing. That's talking about this, this core number that you, you kind of type as, and those, those break down and help you better understand that core number. Those aren't, don't have anything to do with the wings. I, I, sorry, I just want to make sure that we're being clear uh, for folks that are listening. Yeah. yeah, those are a type of your numbers. Mm -hmm. So say you are a three, you could mm -hmm. be a social three, you could be a self-preservation three, or you can be a one-to-one -one three. Mm -hmm. um, and those are just ways that you use your three. You use your three for yourself first, mm -hmm. for the group, or for one-to-one -one relationships. Okay. And gotcha. um, it's People are having a hard time typing themselves. They should look at the um, subtypes because they may find themselves there. Okay. And so maybe this would help me understand that a little bit further. And maybe some of our listeners, as a person who tends to, to test or type as a three, say I had a two wing, does that tend to look more like a three one-to-one -one person because I'm trying to connect with that person and do things for them in some way would was that possible or is that misinterpreting the whole um, idea no i think it's a little bit of a stretch but it is possible so you may be a three who likes to achieve and it's all about being the best that's your mm -hmm. that's your motivation you want to be the best yeah now if you have that wing you might also like to help people so mm -hmm. you might want to be the best helper mm -hmm. so that's okay. your your motivation and your behavior yeah. and now your subtype would be the way you use that are you do you take care of yourself first do you help yourself first mm -hmm. to be the best do you help the group first mm -hmm. <laughs> are you the best helper for the group or you are the best helper for an individual do you connect mostly through one-to-one -one? 
Okay. That's super helpful. Yeah. That helps me kind of okay. wrap my head. I've, I've never been quite able to understand the subtypes and the wings. And so that that's helped me. That helps me a lot. Sorry if that sent you on a rabbit trail. Oh no, I, I love it, but I know it can get confusing and people start hearing that stuff and they just like, Oh, this is too confusing, but really stick with it and clarity comes and it's very, very, very helpful. Okay. Well, interesting. So let's let's start thinking about teams because CMF, we have a high value on teams and team dynamics. And I know for you as the director of missionary care and development, that's wrapped up in care and development is not just the the one person or the family, but how does this play out uh, on the team? And so I would imagine the Enneagram could be a really useful tool for all of our teams uh, around the world. It is very helpful, but I do want to say to be sure to not use the Enneagram as a weapon. Mm -hmm. You know, well, you're just an eight and your eight's coming out and you're acting that mm -hmm. way or as an excuse. Well, sorry, guys, I'm just a nine. I just don't, you know, mm -hmm. really don't use it as an excuse or a weapon, um, but kind of not even a way to put people in a box, but a way to create compassion and understanding with mm -hmm. your teammates to have compassion for yourself and your team and to create understanding and have grace for yourself and each other. Okay. I, I can definitely see where it could easily be weaponized. Uh, so uh -huh. it's good to think of the converse. How can we encourage that thriving mentality then on a team? How can we say, okay, so-and-so is a five. How can I encourage that person to, to be a healthy five or to thrive in their personality type? What would be some ways that you could encourage that uh, on a team? Or I, I'd love for you to take it in whatever direction you want, but that, that's just kind of the thing that comes to my mind. Sure. When I think of our teams, I think um, something that's lacking sometimes is a value for every single person and the um, uniqueness that they bring to the table. And granted, there are also a set of unique challenges with each person. Um, but lots of times we only want to stick with the people that we understand, the people that understand us, you know, the least amount of effort. When um, really God has put us together to be comprehensive teams. He's brought in the feelers and he's brought in the thinkers and he's brought in the doers and um, we need each of us. So I think what's super important is that we, first of all, just learn to value each other and what every person brings to the table and then be committed to stick it out to knowing each other and um, not see each other as optional, you know, see each other mm. more like family. I don't, when my kids join the family, I don't say, you know, well, this one's really hard to raise. So <laughs> I'm just going to wait till they get out of here. I'm sure you had some days with seven kids where maybe you were oh. wishing it was optional. <laughs> oh, definitely. And then the, for each one of them at different times, but mm -hmm. you know, to really see our teams as we're in this together, God's brought us here together and we really have to learn how each other's how we're wired and how to communicate and how to resolve conflict and how to work together and be committed to, to the team and the, the work we're doing together. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the Enneagram can help us create a lot of that understanding. Yeah. Yeah. That's really intriguing. I, I can definitely see it. I, I saw as we were ending our term of service uh, with CMF on the field in Ethiopia, uh, we had learned about the Enneagram as a team, probably about a year and a half to two years before we left. And I could see how that played out in our team meetings um, and just the ways that we were interacting with one another, knowing each other's numbers um, better. Thankfully, we didn't weaponize it at that point, um, and it allowed us to thrive and maybe even feel like we were accomplishing our our 
our ultimate goals as a team a little bit better. Um, so I, I loved it, and it was really great for our team at that time. Yeah, it really brings um, a sense of understanding when you realize that not everyone sees the world the way you do. They don't interpret it the way you do. They don't have the same motivations that you do. We had a teammate um, who used to come over and he would eat dinner with us and then he would disappear. Um, he's gone. I mean, he would be back on our computer and he would fix it and defragment it and all that stuff we had to do back in the 90s. And that was helpful. But it also kind of felt like, wow, he doesn't like us and want to be around us. Huh. Um, now looking back, I realize he's a five. He was mm-hmm. out of energy by then and he wanted to go, but he did, he did a service to us. You know, he still helped out and did what he could. And so to value that, as opposed to saying, why does he always go off by himself? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's to understand really each other. It's very helpful. So what would be some ways that we could help our teams understand one another a little bit better? I mean, obviously suggest get getting the materials, looking into your type, encouraging your teammates to all learn their type might be one helpful way. But what would be some other ways that we can encourage this dynamic of knowing each other's types, not weaponizing it, but encouraging kind of that thriving piece? Yeah, we very much have to do our own self-work first. I -hmm. I think that healthy teams are created of healthy individuals. And Mm -hmm. if we aren't knowing ourselves and, you know, working not only on our self-knowledge, but our self-disciplines um, and growing ourselves, then we're not going to have a healthy team. Uh, once we bring that to the team, then I think it's very important that we have conversations, that we learn about each other, that we learn um, what are your values? You know, rank them. What is the most important thing to you? Mm-hmm. Why are you here? Let me hear your story. Let me hear um, what's hard for you. What's challenging for you? What, you know, what are you good at? Um, I also thought about, we didn't talk about this in the last podcast, but each uh, the Enneagram is divided into triads. So you have the heart or shame triad, mm-hmm. you have the head or fear triad, and you have the body or anger triad. Um, so each one of those triads is going to bring a little something different to the team. And at the same time, they're going to need a little bit, something and, a little different. And from when the you say triad, what do you mean? Like like word picture wise, like a mm-hmm. it, the Enneagram, typically you have like a circle or a half circle or like a uh, U shape, an upside down horseshoe shape, and you have the numbers going around there, correct? And Exactly. And then, with, and then with that, and within that, you have then lines going to each of the numbers. Um, is when you talk about the triads, dividing nine by three, you have three mm-hmm. different sections. What mm-hmm. breaks up those triads? Could you tell us what those are again and what numbers fall into those triads? Well, to tell you the truth, there are a lot of triads, and that's something I've just been <laughs> learning recently. We won't go into them. We'll talk yeah. about the basic ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ones that we're talking about today are the ways you take in information. So okay. there is the heart triad mm-hmm. um, or feeling. Some people call it shame triad because a lot of those, and that would, uh, and a lot of the feelings that come through induce shame or they're acting because of shame. So that's two, three, and four. Okay. So two, heart three, and triad. four are in the heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Feeling. So um, the content matters when you're mm-hmm. talking to someone who's two, three, and four, but also so does the packaging. Hmm. Um, these are the people that you're going to have to be a little more sensitive to. You can't just throw it out on the table and that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to have some tact and some kindness and some thought and compassion and grace when you speak to people who are in the um, heart triad, the two, three, and four triad. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they're going to value the relationship in the team, but they also want to be valued as well. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those who are the doer, doer, doers forget to value those that are also feeling and want to be, you know, connected and relational with mm-hmm. other people on the team. Okay. So that's the heart triad or the feelers. Two, three, fours. And so what, say that again about the packaging of information, like the, the packaging matters. But then what was mm-hmm. the other piece? The to content. That? The, the content, content matters. The content. Right. They, they do care about what you say. They also care about how you say it. Mm-hmm. They care about what you're doing, but they also care about how you do it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's I, important I to them. I can definitely relate to that. Kenya, I was going to ask you as a three if that if that, you found that offensive or if you found that spot on. No, it's it's spot on. That's why that's why I'm a fan of the Enneagram. Is like, uh, this this stuff's spot on. It's it's hitting me right in right in the core of who I it am. It really does. Yeah, it really does. All right. So what's the, what would be the second triad? Okay, the second triad would be the head triad or the fear triad. Um, hmm. Most of our actions, our motivations are because we're afraid of something. Um, but they think first. Everything starts up here. So whereas someone in the two, three, or you know, the heart triad, two, threes, and fours might say, "I feel this way. I feel like that." Someone who's five, six, and seven will always say, "I think." Well, I think this. They're the people that you say, you know, how do you feel? Well, I think I'm feeling sad. You know, <laughs> <laughs> everything happens up here. You know, mm-hmm. thinking, and sometimes, especially for fives, it takes a couple of days until they can feel it. Hmm. You know, it starts up here. So um, people in the head triad on your team, they want to know that you respect their ideas, that you you value their thoughts, that you, um, especially for seven, sometimes we're seen as the, the fun people. Mm-hmm. And we're afraid that people will think we're just fun and don't actually have any substance behind it. Um, mm-hmm. So listen to our crazy thoughts or listen to even if they're far fetched, you know, okay, so maybe there might be something in there. Yeah, we can't do all of that, but maybe 5% of that is a really good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you speaking, you're speaking from your um, everyday, your family's like, uh, mom, yes. we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot do that, mom. We cannot, mm-hmm. we cannot all go skydiving this weekend. Do you know that it costs $300 per person? And mm-hmm. <laughs> not that I suggested that. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe um, not. Okay. And Sixes are also, they're going to think about the fears. They're going to think about, well, hang on, guys. You know, what if this may happen and this may happen and this may happen? And they may be seen on a team as the naysayers, the one who are always saying, you know, always, she's always afraid of taking risk. But we need those people who, who, who think about the risks because sometimes they're right. Yeah. Sometimes it's maybe not, it's not worth it. They may be thinking about the contingencies, but it maybe be a better way of framing it as opposed to just right. fear or, or risk, but the contingencies for the team. I can right. see that. And the interesting thing about sixes, they mm-hmm. may be the ones that are worried, 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 but when the crisis actually happens, they're steady because they expected this, they knew it was coming, and they're prepared. You know, they're like, <laughs> I knew it, I knew we were going to have a pandemic. I mm-hmm. bought all my toilet paper in February. You know. <laughs> it is new. Mm-hmm. They've had a stockpile of masks always. Yeah, always, mm-hmm. always. Um, and so then the body, teammates who are in the body triad, the eights and nines and ones, they want to know what we're doing. They want to do. They Yes, mm-hmm. we're here. We love each other. We've got great thoughts. But anyway, what are we doing? Keep the mission mm-hmm. forward. They, um, 
you know, aides lots of times are leaders, but sometimes they get tired of carrying all the responsibility. And so uh, it would be helpful if you have an eight who is a leader, you know, to occasionally ask them, what, what can I do? How can I take some of that responsibility off of your shoulders? Um, ones can produce some, they can, they can have a lot of clarity. They can really bring clarity to a situation. They can take all of the stuff that we're throwing on top of it and peel it off. It's okay. Here it is, black and white. Yes and no, right and wrong. Um, they do need to be careful that it doesn't polarize the team, but we should value that someone who can peel back all of the the fluff and the things, you know, the 47 great ideas, they can take the 47 great ideas from the seven and say, okay, this one will work and lead the team that way. That's um, cool. So you can see that why we really, really need body triad, head triad, and heart triad people mm -hmm. on a team. Otherwise, we can be all about doing, but not about the relationship, which we have to have those relationships. Or we can be all about thoughts, but not actually accomplishing. So we really do need a balance. Mm -hmm. Was there anything else with the the nines with the, in that triad that you wanted to touch on? Nines are really good at including everybody on the team. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're the ones that are, okay. I hear you, I hear you, and they can bring people in. So it's really helpful. They're the ones that will notice if a, if a two's over there not saying anything. You know, they might say, hey, so-and-so, I noticed you haven't said anything. What do you have to bring to the table? Mm -hmm. um, so they're very, very helpful in that sense on a team. So as you think about our teams around the world and even trying to work within this framework of the Enneagram, learning their own type, but then trying within their team to work within these triads of the the – the heart, the mind, the body, triads. How do you see that playing out within the team? Like Global Scope teams meet every week. Um, mm -hmm. And then a lot of our Church Catalyst teams, they meet you know, maybe once every quarter or six months, mm -hmm. um, not interacting quite as often. As you think about like even those two types of perceptions of team kind of juxtaposed with one another, how would you see this playing out? What would be some healthy ways uh, to, to, to move forward in communicating with each other and building up the team through the Enneagram and through these triads? Yeah, I think it'd be very important to make sure that everyone has a voice and everyone mm -hmm. is, their voices are each valued and, we, and heard from. Um, I also think it's important to be honest with our own shortcomings. Some of us, especially the more aggressive types, threes, sevens, and eights, we tend to think that we've got the whole plan, you know, we've got it figured out. We don't need anyone else to tell us, you know, um, but to really be honest with our weaknesses and say, you know, I do need that six that mm -hmm. helps me not jump out of an airplane without a parachute. And I do need that too <laughs> to remind yeah. me that um, relationships do matter. And um, so really, you know, being honest with our strengths and our weaknesses and valuing other people's strengths and weaknesses. Um, and a really important thing, I think, is to ex that we sometimes expect other people to adjust to our ways, when really the opposite should be true. We should be trying to speak other people's languages. We should be trying to have compassion for other people. We should be adjusting for their needs. And if we're adjusting for their needs and they're adjusting for our needs, then you're going to create a really great peaceful and synergistic team. It's kind of like that marriage. If I'm loving, you know, my husband and my husband's loving me, then we're going to go. And, and, and of course we love ourselves also in the process, mm -hmm. but 
Um, we're going to go a lot further as a couple or as a team than if we're just looking out for ourselves and expecting everyone to change to communicate yeah. or handle conflict like we do. Yeah, that's uh, really interesting. And, and it that's when that's when the Enneagram is probably tied most closely to the Christian faith because it highlights so much of what Christ tried to communicate about loving one another, seeking. Mm-hmm seeking the best for one another um, and what Paul highlights as well in Romans and as well as in first Corinthians about I just read Romans 12 this morning about, you know, honor one another above yourselves. And so I could see where this concept can help a team get to that healthy place where they could be highly functioning synergistic um, and serving one another without I guess just becoming a floor mat, you know, to you know, or doormat yeah. to other people uh, too. And to stop judging each other. Um, mm-hmm. We use our own criteria and our own viewpoints of the world to, f- to think that that's the way it should be for other people when we judge them. Well, I work hard, but all she does is sit around and think about um, mm-hmm. taking care of people. And, you know, we should stop judging each other. We should learn from each other mm-hmm. and um, keep the mission the whole reason we're there as you know the focus instead yeah. of getting sidetracked by all the dynamics and tension and you know really think you know what we're together we're here to do a job what can i learn from you how can mm-hmm. i help you so that together we can accomplish this mission um, so i know that you would love to visit each one of our fields each one of our teams and to walk through a multi-day type of team dynamic experience based off of the enneagram but since we can't do that right now, we have this episode, we have this podcast. What would be some ways that we could encourage our teams to start doing that now? Even if maybe in this, this time where they have to be social distance, um, are there some ways that they could explore getting to know one another a little bit better? Absolutely. And I don't have the list in front of me, but when I do team building with our teams, um, we start off with things like values it's we don't start with enneagram numbers you start with values what do you value tell me your story tell me the thing that makes you angry tell me the thing that frustrates you we can learn a lot from each other um just by asking those questions we never ask those questions of people usually in real life um so i have that list of questions not with me but if a team is interested in doing that together i could easily send them that list and you could just start answering simple questions, you know, like that. What do you do when you're depressed? What do you do when you're overwhelmed? Just, mm-hmm. and, and that's one way that the Enneagram is really helpful. Also, like if you see a nine who has slept for three days or, you know, played video games for three days, instead of saying, he's such a loser, he, all he does play video games say, dude, you know, what's up? Are you stressed? Mm-hmm. Because I can see that for your number when you check out, you're stressed. If one says they haven't been sleeping, you know, you can ask them what's going on. What are you thinking about? Um, yeah. So twos withdraw. You can say who's hurt you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So twos withdraw F- with a five uh, on the personality type. That's the one that's going to be slower to speak. Um, what would you think would be a good way to communicate within the team with maybe someone with a five? They're not going to be ready with that you you ask them and they're going to fire away an answer to you what would be a way that you could foster communication with with fives maybe sixes or twos people that maybe are going to go quiet uh when when they're asked a question or maybe don't want to stand out 
you know, with your fives, they're just never really going to love us. They're just not. <laughs> so to have realistic, <laughs> mm -hmm. to have realistic expectations also, you know, and to provide that safe place to know that the five, you know, the five may say answer with a very short answer and not go too deep and to not be offended by the fact that they didn't let you in and spare their soul with you, but to really value the fact that they even shared what they did share with you. Um, okay. Little steps at a time. Yeah. yeah. And with it, with the eights, it's, what would that be? Would that be saying, <laughs> wait, wait a second. Let's, let's hear what others have to say. I know that you have something that you want to share, but let's hear what maybe the fives have to, to share in that. What, how would that play out? Absolutely. They'll be the, the more aggressive numbers on your team, like your three, sevens, and eights are probably just talk, 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 talk. Mm -hmm. And your especially your four, five, and nine are going to be pretty quiet. So you, it would be really helpful for a team to have someone who pays attention to those dynamics, who then calls on someone and say, you know, thank you, so-and-so, eight, Mrs. H, for <laughs> your information. Now mm -hmm. I was thinking maybe we could hear a little bit from what the four is thinking and it may take a while and you have to be patient as they kind of circle around and, and get to what they want to say. But mm -hmm. I think if you are willing to invest the time patiently, you know, what's going to come out is going to make you a better team. You're going to be more comprehensive and effective if you hear from everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So as we wrap up this episode here of the fellowship podcast, everybody needs to go out there and, discover what their Enneagram type is. And then within that, they need to figure out on their team where the three triads are. Can you run us through the triads again, just real quick as we wrap up that time, uh, our time uh, today? Absolutely. So from the heart or shame feeling triad, you have the twos, the threes, and the fours. Mm -hmm. um, the head or the fear triad, those are five, six, and seven. Mm -hmm. And then the body or anger triad, those are your eight, nines, and ones. Yeah. All right. Eight, mm -hmm. nines, and ones. Oh, this has been super helpful, Julie. And I hope that it is a great way to start the conversation for a lot of our teams to figure out how they can continue to be on mission for Christ in the various places that they're serving and really thrive uh, in their settings and and be good team players as well uh, and building one another up, not just weaponizing what they're learning today. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Grateful for you, Julie, and uh, for just your service with CMF and uh, excited for you to continue to uh, run with this role as the director of missionary care and development. And I look forward to having you on another time to delve into your story and to learn a bit a little bit more about your calling and your time of service in Ivory Coast, more about your family, seven kids, and oh, yeah. all the different Enneagram types that are within just one household. That will be yep. fascinating to learn more about at another time. Thanks so much, Julie. Well, thank you, Jake. Thanks for providing this way for our teams to get this information. We really appreciate you too. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Fellowship Podcast. As Julie said, healthy teams are made up of healthy individuals. It's our hope that through this little dive into the Enneagram and the Enneagram types that you've gained a greater sense of who you are and of how you can work on your team, and that it will lead you to compassion and understanding for the people around you. Now.
Get out there and learn your Enneagram type and your teammates' Enneagram type and connect with what God is doing in the world around you.